Lord, thank you for the word that you have laid on Scott's heart. Father, we just thank you for the giftings that you have put in him. We thank you for the calling. And Lord, we thank you, God, that uh, he's your voice, your mouthpiece this morning. Lord, we open our hearts. We want your word to land on good soil, that it would bear 30, 60, 100-fold fruit. Lord, that's your will for us this morning. So we bless your beloved son in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks. I don't know, man. I hope you guys were all having encounters during communion and didn't see my ugly crying. And it's really, I feel like every time I get up here to preach, the Lord blasts me with something. But it goes along with what my message is. But while I was up here, I just saw us all Where I come from in the military, we have small rooms and small teams, and when we go out on mission, we get ready together. It's kind of like football team, like like athletics, whatever. It's it's a close-knit family, and you're all close, and you can smell each other, and you're gross. And But I saw that for us in here during communion. He was equipping us, and we were equipping ourselves. And he took me back to the team room. And all my friends, my brothers, you know, and he's just showing me how much I still miss that. But it's something he wants to pull me out of. He's been working on pulling me out of. And when I think I've given it over all the way, I realize that there's still more in me that he wants to take. But he's bringing me into something better. He's bringing me onto a better team. You guys are a better team. And I love those guys to death, but you guys are a better team. And so a little bit of my tears were sadness that that's over and I'm really having to let it go. And a little bit of my tears were joy because I have a better team. And, you know, what the Lord's been speaking to me and Sometimes it's just a matter of going deeper in what other people are saying or what he's saying to you. And Today, Connie, I just want to say, I know you wrote that song a long time ago, but today was the day it was meant to be released. So all that frustration that you've had about not having your song heard, it was because it needed to be heard for a specific time. Now is the time. And so I validate your song I validate your song. What the Lord put in your heart, prophets hear way ahead of what they're, what, what's actually happening. And so we get frustrated when we're sitting back on these things that we've heard that haven't come to pass. That song hadn't been hit the time of release. And so I just break off all the condemnation or the, the rejection that you felt in the past for, for that not having been heard until the hour that it was meant to, and just release blessings upon you right now in the name of Jesus, that he would continue to send you songs way ahead of your time, right now in Jesus' name.
All right. The fear of the Lord. That's what that song was. And the keys were perfect. The fire knows. Dun, 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 dun. It's meant to be a little heavy. Because it has deep implication. Deep, deep implication. What the Lord spoke to me in the prayer room as I started to kind of like. Sometimes he says things and it's like, okay, what does that mean? Is that even safe to say? Righteousness without the fear of the Lord is hypocrisy. I said it. Righteousness, God, Jesus freely imputes rightness, righteousness. Without the fear of the Lord, we become hypocrites. We have to have the fear of the Lord. We have to have it. And that's... That's a little bit of what we're going to talk about, and I'm just, I'm really messed up right now, so I'm going to try to work through this, but, but I, I, want, I want to do two things. I want to present to you what I believe the Lord is saying about the times we're in, and then I want to present to you the, uh, the, like, the response, like the truth, the truth, the truth of the, like, like, the biblical truth of how to respond and act in the times we're in, and then a measure of how to know if we're conducting ourselves in accordance with Scripture in the times we're in. Is that is that is everybody tracking? Um. So in in Second Peter chapter two. Peter's writing a letter going into death, like he's pretty much on his way to his, to his death. And he writes this letter, and he, and, and it, he writes 1 Peter and 2 Peter, and 2 Peter chapter 2, and listen, I'm just going to forewarn you, like, I'm breaking all the, like, probably the Christian rules and sermons, like, I'm going to read a lot. I want, the, I want the scripture to testify to the scripture, not me to tell you my interpretation of the scripture. It's going to be a lot of passages and that's just, that's the way it is. In the past, this is starting in verse 1. And if you don't have your Bibles, just listen, take it in, and then write these verses down and go home and, and study them out. And I'm reading in the Passion Translation, and there's a few things that I'll hit on as we go, but I just want to read it, and it's, it's uh, to a point here. I'm, and I'm going to go basically to um, verse 9 or so. In the past, there were false prophets among God's people, just as there will continue to be false teachers who will secretly infiltrate in your midst to divide you, bringing with them their destructive heresies. And in the interpretation, there's destructive ways of thinking or viewpoints. They will even deny the master who paid the price for them, bringing swift destruction on themselves. Many will follow immoral lifestyles. Because of these corrupt false teachers, the way of truth will be slandered. They are only out for themselves, ready to exploit you for their own gain throughout their cunning through their cunning arguments. Their condemnation has been a long time coming, 
but their destruction does not slumber or sit idly by, for it is sure to come. Can you testify that they will even deny the master and, uh, who paid the price for them, bringing swift destruction on themselves? Many will follow immoral lifestyles because of these corrupt false teachers. The way of truth will be slandered. Can we see that in the world today? I mean, I'm sure it existed back then, but it is sure present now. They are ready to exploit you for, your, for their gain through their cunning arguments. Who's exploiting us for their, through their cunning arguments? Everybody's trying. Come on. You, I don't even have to go through what's happening in the world. The enemy is trying to, to pull us away from the, the gospel, trying to pull us away from the truth through cunning arguments. But... Their condemnation has been a long time coming, and their destruction does not slumber. Okay, so now don't forget, God had no pity for the angels when they sinned, but threw them into the lowest, darkest dungeon of gloom and locked them in their chains, where they are firmly held until the judgment of torment. And he did not spare the former world in the days of Noah when he sent the flood to destroy a depraved world Although he protected Noah, the preacher of righteousness, along with the seven family members. And don't forget he, that he reduced to ashes the city of Sodom and Gomorrah, condemning them to ruin and destruction. God appointed them to be examples as what is coming to the ungodly. Yet he rescued a righteous man, Lot, suffering the indignity of the unbridled lust of the lawless. For righteous Lot lived among them day after day, distressed in his righteous soul by the rebellious deeds he saw and heard. If the Lord Yahweh rescued Lot, he knows how to continually rescue the godly from their trials and to reserve the ungodly for punishment on the day of judgment. This is especially applies to those who live their lives despising authorities and who abandon themselves for chasing the depraved lusts of their flesh. There's a dividing. There's a dividing, the depraved lust of their flesh. What I'm really being convicted of is that you can be a Christian and chase the lust of your flesh. That's a dangerous place to be. It's a dangerous place to be, especially because, like, where do you draw the lines in all of this? Where do you say that we're good, but we're not good? We're safe. But, but when you start reading this, like, I can look in my past and say, I was there. Destruction was coming to me. Right? And, and, and then how many Christians go wayward because of just all the things that, that, get, that get thrown at them? And so, like, it's like I'm, God is doubling down on truth. Like, like, this thing, righteousness, when, when I began to get the revelation of righteousness, I wasn't acting or behaving righteously, but I understood who I was. And I was determined to walk one step in front of the, one foot in front of the other, walking in the truth of what God said I was. But as, like, all of the things that I carried that weren't of him started to fall off in that revelation. Now he's saying it's time to double down. It's time to double down. 
everything, everything even that's in our hearts and our minds that is unspoken, he wants to cleanse, which is what happened today for me is like, hey, that old stuff is, is le- you're leaving it behind, but I'm bringing you into something better. Um, you know, it's tricky because God is love. He sent his son to redeem us, and yet he's still judge. And I feel like, this maybe is just me, right? I'm not going to speak for everybody, but I feel like the church has forgotten that he's judge. And I'm not saying, like, we need to fear him to the point of, like, it makes us act right. But we need to be concerned. You know, he, he stood in front of Pharisees and said, you guys have gotten really good at predicting the weather, but you have no idea what time you're standing in and who's before you. We could, we could I don't want to be the guy that's literally standing away from the Messiah across the way and not know what I'm looking at. And I think, I think that we need to say, like, I'm at ri- like, just to humble ourselves a little bit and say, I could be at risk of not knowing that guy. Right? Because if, if I'm looking at the, at the, at the Christ, if I'm, if I'm the Pharisees and I'm sitting back in the day and I'm like, looking right here, and this man is telling me, you wouldn't even know if you saw him. Well, how do... But the spirit, we have the spirit. And it's the spirit that would identify. They didn't, they didn't have what it took to identify the Savior. It took humility. They had too much pride. And just to continue what the times we're in, because I, I really believe, like, listen, God... God's showing me these scriptures systematically, and they all were the same thing in different books. And it was just like, we're going to have to talk about this. We have to. Later, Jesus addressed them again. So, so again, you know, here, here, this is, sorry, let me just talk to you on target here. Luke 17, verse 20. Jesus once, uh, once was asked by the Jewish religious leaders, when will God's kingdom realm come? Jesus responded, God's kingdom realm does not come simply by obeying principles or by waiting for signs. The kingdom is not discovered in one place or another, for God's kingdom realm is already expanding within some of you. Then later, Jesus addressed this again with his apostles saying, the time is coming when a great passion will be awakened within you to see me again. I believe we're in that time right now. The church is crying out to see Jesus again. Again, that's why I'm trying to talk you on to the times we're in. I want you to get the weight of what he's saying here as if it were today, okay? As if it were today, as if he was standing here re- and we're, this story's happening now, because I believe this is the time we're in. Yes. Okay, well, I'll just start, because I barely got started. Later, Jesus addressed them again, saying to the apostles, 
The time is coming when a great passion, say great passion, will be awakened within you. Say awakened within me. To see me again. Yes, you will long to see the beginning days of the Son of Man, but you won't be able to find me. You will hear reports of some who say, look, he has returned. He is over here or he's over there. Don't believe it or run to them, for their claims will be false. The day of the Son of Man will burst forth with the brightness of lightning strikes that shines from one end of the sky to the other, illuminating the earth. But before this takes place, the Son of Man must pass through a great suffering and rejection from this generation. The same things that happened in the days of Noah will take place in the days of the Son of Man. They were eating and they were drinking and they were marrying and they were giving in, given in marriage until the day Noah departed into the ark and a devastating flood came and swept them all away. The days of the Son of Man can also can be, be compared to the days of Lot. The people of that time lived their lives as normal. They got married, raised families, built their homes and businesses, and yet they were all totally unaware of what was coming until the day Lot departed from Sodom. The sky opened up and rained fire and burning sulfur upon them, destroying everyone and everything they had built. So it will be on the days of the unveiling of the Son of Man. In the day of my appearing, if you are outside, excuse me, in the day of my appearing, if one is outside, he won't even have time to go back in the house to gather his belongings. And those to toiling in their fields won't have time to run back home. Don't forget the example of Lot's wife and what happened to her when she turned back. All who are obsessed with being secure in life will lose it all including their lives. But, who, but those who let go of their lives and surrender them to me will discover true life. For in the night there will be two laying in bed, and one will be suddenly swept away, while the other will be left alive. There will be two women working together in a household, and one will suddenly be swept away, while the other one is left alive. His apostles asked, Lord, where will this judgment happen? And Jesus responded, it will be obvious for wherever there are those spiritually dead, there you will find the eagle circling. I just want to, I want to tie a couple of current events just for a second that are happening that, that, that are in partnership with this scripture. The first one, and, and I don't want to get into the causes, and, and, uh, and this isn't condemnation for any sort of thing, but one of the things trending in alternative news sources is died suddenly. Died suddenly. When in, when in the history of any, anything in my 40 years, I can't tell you when I've seen a bunch of people dying suddenly, period. And thousands, thousands. 
know, it's interesting to me, too, here that Luke decides to refer to Sodom and Gomorrah as a city where they got married, built families, and businesses. How many of you know that that's not what Sodom and Gomorrah is known for? It's known for horrendous sins, so, like just all kinds of bad sexual stuff and everything else. But here, actually, I'm sorry, Luke recorded it and Jesus said it. In the days of Sodom and Gomorrah, they were building families and businesses. Now, I'm not saying building families and businesses is bad, but I think that it, it brings it back to uh, a, a, an, an outlook of, of where we need, like, okay, so, so if we're doing it all for the wrong reasons or from the wrong heart, we're at jeopardy. That's like, and that's what this song is about. It says, am I doing this for God or am I doing it for me? I guess the fire will know. But what I want to talk to you about today is that we need to know what the fire is saying so that we can respond and go with the fire. I love that song, but it's almost too late. If, the fi if we go and we find out by the fire, the fire's here now. The fire's here now, right? So, so it's, it, I want to invite you guys into seeking God and asking the things that he would reveal to you on the day of his judgment ahead of time so that you can repent and walk in the holiness that you're called to. Everything that is not of God has to die. It can either die today or it can die when we stand before the king. But I don't want to go into heaven in a, shi in a, in a ship, or in a plane, burning to the ground, crashing in, and the only thing that's left is me, my seat, and my seatbelt. So how do we get there? Like, like how, how? Like, so, okay, hear what you're saying. What's next? Well, if you guys remember, I, like, I think I was in seeing, but I, I wasn't preaching, but we were talking about the bride of Christ and, like, taking on a new name. I said that could be my pronoun, Mrs. Jesus. Turns out in First Peter, he says, I gave you my name, so that was biblical after all. I mean, it's totally safe. I thought I was getting in trouble, but it was in the Bible after all. Um, and, uh, yeah, joke got me sidetracked. Oh, how do we get there? So, so okay. But, that, but the whole thing that I was talking about that day was, was the division between the flesh and the spirit. Do you guys remember, like, for those of you who are here, do you remember any of this? Being spirit beings. Life comes from the spirit. The flesh has been submit, baptized, right? So the, we're dead. But we keep pulling on to this familiar thing that we're used to, and we keep pulling sin back into our lives because we're not fully surrendered to the spirit. This is one of the things that I think is one of the biggest false teachings in the modern-day church that we're sinners. I actually believe that if we believe we're not sinners, we'll stop sinning. If we believe. The convincing argument is the truth of the past, which is the fall of man. And we've been pulling on that truth for so long, we forgot that the second Adam came and redeemed us. 
and set us free from sin and death. But how do, how do, we, how do we get there? How do, how do we actually walk in this? Well, and I told you I was going to keep coming back to this because it's that important. And, 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 every, and I, I've said this before, like, okay, so he's saying he never sins. I am not telling you that. But I'm telling you I think there's a better way where I don't sin. And it's, and it's accessible because of the blood of Jesus. And I think that that's what the Lord wants to invite us into is accepting the true gospel, which is Jesus defeated all of that so that we can be set free to be more like him. Uh, first, first Corinthians says that we're, we're to be a mirror. So when someone looks at you, they should see Jesus, not because you believe in his name or anything else, but because you actually carry his DNA. You actually carry the DNA of Jesus. And, and I, so I'm just, I'm going to read a good bit of uh, Romans chapter 8 and just let it sink in and just listen. Starting in verse 1, so now the case is closed. There remains no accusing voice of condemnation against those who are joined in the life union with Jesus, the anointed one. For the law of the spirit of life flowing through the anointing of Jesus has liberated us from the law of sin and death. Let me just be clear. The law was was created to show people that sin existed. So if we keep going back to the law, it keeps pointing us back to sin. So, so this, this, this very thing of law and grace, law and grace, is literally, is literally, John talks about it, mixing law and grace is false teaching. And so what Paul's writing here is saying uh, that Jesus is, is the better law. He said he liberated us from the law of sin and death, for God achieved what the law was unable to accomplish. That's heavy. That's a big word. The law accomplished showing you that you needed a savior. The savior came to liberate you from the law. Because the law was limited by the weakness of human nature. That's where the division comes. If we only stay in our human nature and we compartmentalize flesh and spirit, we're always going to fall back under the law because we're always going to sin. But if we actually believe that we're a new creation and that this spirit living inside of us is the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, it quickens our mortal body, then we're not. It's like the matrix. It's like the matrix. You're, you're, you're here, but you're there. And we need to learn to function out of the spirit and not the flesh. So, continues and said, yet God sent his son in human form to identify with human weakness. Clothed in humility, God's son gave his body to be the sin offering so that God could once and for all condemn the guilt and power of sin. So now, every righteous requirement of the law can be fulfilled through the anointed one living his life in us. Do you realize that Jesus is in you? I know we preach that, but, but Jesus is in you. Jesus is in you. He's in every one of you. If you've given your life to him, he's in you. 
what's greater, Jesus in you or the sin you deal with? I'm telling you, the fire knows, and if you don't figure it out, you're going to figure it out later, and you're going to wish that you would listen to what I'm saying today. Bring it to the fire now. It's a little bit what Stacy invited us to during communion is bring it in. I'm going to tell you right there, right there, the fire knew something that I needed to know. And it, it did. It cleansed me. I felt cleaner getting up. A hundred percent I did. And it was something small. It was, it was an old identity that I was carrying. I worked my butt off to become a Green Beret, and I worked my, light, I, to, 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 I worked my butt off to, to be able to carry friends in battle and to do all the things that we did. And I took a lot of pride in it, and I was arrogant, and I made bad decisions in my life that led me down a road to where I was finally like, it's either all of you or nothing. And if he hadn't shown up, I wouldn't be here today. But even there, right there, he said, I'm still bringing you into better. And I want to tell you that every one of you, if you're struggling today and you're like, man, I'm so far off from the message you're preaching, it's just like that song, it's already not yet. You will get there and one day you'll be like, I'm glad I heard that message when I did because just like that song, it took time to release. But I'm telling you what I'm, what I'm saying is there's like now's the time to start getting this in your mind that it's, it's we're, we need to break free of the world system. We need to break free. So he came with, clothed with humility, and God's son gave his body as a sin offering that God could once again, I mean, once and for all, condemn the guilt and power of sin. So every righteous requirement of the law can be fulfilled through the anointing, anointed one living his life in us. And we are free to live, not according to our flesh, but by the dynamic power of our Holy Spirit. The problem is we have a choice. If God didn't give us a choice, it'd be easy. But we have a choice. And so every day, it's like that's what it is, putting on the full armor of God. We, we say all these things, and, you know, it's how we were raised, and, and, and it all sounds good. But how about we just wake up and we say, today, I'm walking by the Spirit. Let's just keep it simple. But we have a choice, and that's where, that's where we get into trouble. Those who are motivated by the flesh only pursue what benefits themselves. But those who live by the impulses of the Holy Spirit are motivated to pursue spiritual realities. Well, how do you define that? Well, in the footnotes, it says doing what pleases God. For the mindset of the flesh is death. This is big. You don't have to like what I'm preaching right now, but it's so big that it means death. And this is, this is post-resurrected Jesus. Paul is saying, you have this. Now, if you don't go to the, it's death, right? Like, I'm not making this stuff up. That's why, the, that's why I feel like there was permission for me personally. In my own personal life, there was permission to walk out the fact that the Bible says I'm righteous, even though I wasn't, like, fully producing. A, and, and listen. Even though even last week I wasn't producing a ton of righteousness in my life because I got into a pit of despair, 
But God's pulling me out of it, and he's saying, that's not what this is about. That's not what this is about. There's a higher calling. It's me. Jesus, it's me. Come with me. All the stuff that's your circumstances, not important, me. All of the things that's got you spun up in your little thing, your little swirly world of whatever, no. Me. He wants you. He died for you. And I just feel like because we have a choice, we make it overcomplicated, but really it's just surrender. Wave the white flag today. Give it all to him. Everything. Just be willing to, if he's in, a, a, part, a part of the whole story with Lot, his wife didn't want to leave Sodom and Gomorrah. She looked back because she was still attached to it. What's he calling you out of that you're Sodom and Gomorrah? What's he calling you out of and saying, come this way, that you haven't wanted to and you've looked back? But I'm telling you today, the permission of looking back is ending. And you need to be able to say, nope, I know he's calling me this way. Look, I don't want to embarrass anybody, but there's some people in here that are being called and making some hard decisions. And they're doing it. Right? And it's just the time that we're in. It's, 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 it takes a massive amount of faith to say, you know what? All things aside, if that's where you're calling me, I'll go. It says, in fact, the mindset focused on the flesh fights God's plan. Kind of what I was just talking about. We, we're stuck over here, and we, but God has a plan. And Lot had to leave his wife behind because she's like, but I like that. And he's like, done, salt, whatever. And Lot's like, I don't, I can't even imagine. Maybe he didn't even know what happened until he got to where he was going, and he turned around and looked, and his wife wasn't there. I mean, I don't really know. It doesn't say. But if he's looking forward and keep on moving, and he got to the other, like, what are you going to do? And I, and I mean, that's... I want to look at you all and say when we're moving in the same direction, I want to be able to, when we get there, to look and see you all there. I want to see you all there. It's a better team. But your mindset focused on the flesh can't do God's plan because it, cause it, it, you know, uh, because it just can't. It says because it cannot. For no matter how hard they try, God finds no pleasure with those who are controlled by the flesh. But when the spirit of Christ empowers your life, you are not, you are not dominated by the flesh but by the spirit. And if you are not joined to the spirit of the anointed one, you are not of him. How many teachings have you heard that definitely minimize the spirit? False teaching. False teaching. The spirit is the most important thing for us as believers as we move through life. We have to have the spirit. Jesus said, I got to go so one greater than me can come and find his dwelling place in you. And yet we stay in the mindset of the flesh. Everything thrown at us, and, and then we get into the flesh. But how would we respond to difficult things if we actually obeyed the Spirit? I, 
And what, is, and, and what does that look like? Well, luckily for us, the Bible lays out some fruits of the Spirit, right? And there's a bunch of other, like, writings in the Bible that have pieces of those, right? But I'm just going to go with, um, back to 2 Peter chapter 1, and, and we're going to wrap up. This is, this is the measure. This, this, is, this is your, your uh, and you can go, and I'm, I'm telling you, Peter writes about it, Paul writes about it, uh, Jude writes about it, char- characteristics. Uh, in 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 First Peter's called uh, ladder of virtue, but I want you to hear this, and this is uh, one starting in Second uh, Peter chapter one verse three. Everything we could ever need for life and godliness has already been deposited in us by His divine power. For all this was lavished upon us through the rich experience of knowing Him who has called us by name and invited us to come to him through the glorious manifestations of his goodness. As a result of this, he has given you magnificent promises. Say, I have magnificent promises that are beyond price so that through the power of these tremendous promises, you can experience partnership with the divine nature by which you have escaped the corrupt desires of this world. That divine nature thing is, is, is literally DNA. So, so I want you to get this, so I'm going to read it again. Because this, 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 this is the qualification. This is, we say we're not qualified. I'm telling you today you're, you're qualified. You're qualified. Jesus qualifies you. Apart from him, you're not. But I'm telling you right here, it says, as a result of this, he has given you magnificent promises that you are beyond, that are beyond all price. Can't pay for it. He paid for it. So that through the power of these tremendous promises, you can experience partnership with the divine nature by which you have escaped the corrupt desires that are of the world. The desires of the world can look like fear of a of a, a virus. Can look like uh, um, you name it, pick. What's going on in the world? But he severed us from this world. You're severed. You're in it. You're not of it any longer. You're severed. So he says, so divert your, de- devote yourselves to lavishly supplementing your faith with goodness. If you're going to write anything down, write goodness down. And to goodness, understanding, write understanding. And to understanding, add the strength of self-control. And to self-control, add patient endurance. And to patient endurance at godliness. That's interpreted reverence. And to godliness at mercy toward your brothers and sisters. See, we talked about Jesus' mercy for us. How about our mercy towards other people? 
add, and, and to mercy to others, add unending love. And you know scripture, scripture says that our greatest weapons love, that the mark of true maturity is love, all of these things. And we lack, we lack love. We really do. We, we cower back into our closets in a confrontation for the sake of love. But the best thing you could do is confront the issue at hand. And, and then, because here's the thing, like, even young men understand this, that somehow when you get in a fist fight with another guy, they then become your best friend. It's science. <laughs> it's science. It happens every time. Sometimes you might have to get in three or four fist fights, but eventually you guys like each other. I'm not saying fighting is love, but anyways, you, you, yeah, you can't avoid conflict. You have, you have to face it, and usually, and that's war. Like, like, like that's the devil has infiltrated something. There's a lie somewhere seated. You expose the lie, you come out the other side, and there's a victory. That's war. And uh, he says, since these virtues are already planted deep within you, they're in you. They're in you. You possess them in abundant supply. You have more than enough. They will keep you from being inactive and fruitless in your pursuit of knowing Jesus more intimately. Wow. Wow. So you're saying, if I have goodness, understanding, self-control, patient endurance, godliness, mercy, and unending love, that I'll actually have fruit in my life. That's a measure, right? So now I know if I'm not producing fruit, I can actually internal, like, reflect on myself and say, have I been doing these things? No. And this is what he's been doing to me, like, literally, like, have you really loved your wife, unending love to your wife? No, I've been frustrated with her, and I haven't treated her right. And I haven't had goodness. I haven't had patience. I haven't had any of these things. But whenever I decide to go back and be that to my wife, suddenly our relationship looks and sounds a lot better, and we're in union again. And we're walking in lockstep with each other. And we're way more effective when we do that. That same kind of picture happens with Jesus. But if anyone lacks these things, he is blind. And if you become blind, and this is in Scripture, I'm telling you if, you, if you become blind, you could be led around by anything. That's why the next chapter he talks about false teachers. He says, yeah. You can become blind, consistently closing your eyes to the mysteries of our faith and forgetting his innocence for his past sins have been washed away. So it goes back to the, the sin consciousness thing. For this reason, beloved ones, be eager to confirm and validate that God has invited you to salvation and claimed you as his own. Everybody say, call me Mrs. Jesus. I mean, with some conviction, though. Yeah, that's, we got one. If you do these things, you will never stumble. 
That's, what's that sound like? You will never stumble. What, do we, what is stumbling? Anybody, what is stumbling? When we stumble, we, we're, we, I've always heard, oh, I stumbled, I sinned. I stumbled, I sinned. You will never stumble. If you do these things, it's, it's a measure. So if you get outside of these things, it's like it's an invitation. Okay, I need to have some more goodness in my life. I need to have some more reverence in my life. And uh, as long as you live, that's not where I am. If you do these things, you will never stumble. As a result, the kingdom, the kingdom's gates will open wide to you as God choreographs. Listen to the language again. As God choreographs your triumphant entrance into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Not a ship, not a plane coming in, seat and seat belt, skidding out and just, can you picture it? Can you picture that look? Well, he's saying choreograph the triumphant entrance. I kind of picture Alexis up here, triumphant entrance, choreographed. And I think that's why the Lord's put it so heavy on our hearts to talk about this righteousness thing. That's why he's been saying holiness. You know, holiness, is it, it really just means set apart. It, it, really, it really just means being, being other than, being separated from everything else and set apart for God. Fear of the Lord means awe. In awe. How many things has he's done in your life that you can just look at it and be like, wow. I mean, that's the fear of the Lord. It's not like, it's not like uh, you know, step on a crack, break your mother's back kind of thing. It's, it's like, you really did that. You really did that. That's amazing. You know, idolatry, I, I, these things I was processing while we're worshiping. How, if, if, if your favorite actor... Or, which we don't have any of those anymore because we, we know what they're up to. But, but if your favorite actor or your favorite athlete or your favorite musician or some by the world standard superstar walked in the room, what do you feel? Wow. Idolatry. Idolatry. If you can't feel that for God, you're not in a good place. And I'm not saying that to condemn you. I'm saying it because it's... It's a, it's a literal mirror image of the world's way versus God's way. So I just, we have two more songs to sing. I know they were, I don't know, whatever we have time for. But, like, I really just want you to come in, in worship but with awe. Because that, that is a starting place for all of this. Because where we're going, we, ha- we, we, we can't look back. We can't not go where God's calling us to, and the only way that we can do that is if we fully trust him, and the only way that we're ever going to fully trust him is if we actually are like, you've done so much in my life, I have no other choice but to do this, and listen, if you don't, can't say he's done so much for you in your life, I'm telling you, today's a starting point to see something massive where you're like, he's done so much in my life, and then you just start thanking him for the things you haven't even seen yet because he wants to do them. So, 
And, and I think this... This music does more than just bring us to our feet to, to sing and to, to do the normal Christian whatever. There's frequency being released. And it's ministering to your heart, whether you know it or not. So let that minister to you while you minister to the Lord just by being awe-inspired by his goodness, by his faithfulness, by his sovereignty, by who he is, by what he's done. And the more hungry that we are to see Jesus again, the more he'll faithfully lead us into the right place that we need to be. All we have to do is ask the questions. What does it mean to fear you? What does it mean? Just, just ask him the questions. He's a good minister. He will answer them faithfully. You guys want to stand up? I'm just going to pray for everyone. And... and I want to, I just want you to press in. Like, that's all I really want. I just want you to, to press in. Just press in. Right now, just start pressing in. Just start pressing in. North wind is blowing. That was a little fast. Not yet? Yeah. Yeah, one second. <laughs> What, sorry. I'm ready. <laughs> yeah, he is. I'm, I'm with it. I'm with it. We're, oh, just give me one Are more, one more minute. One more minute. One more minute. Who's had major breakthrough in their life? Look at this room. Now, who's had trials that have made them question their breakthrough? That's a lot of the same hands. But that's okay. But let's go to a place where we don't raise our hands after a while for that anymore. Let's go. Let's be bold enough to believe that he's that good. Bold enough to believe that he's that good. At some point, we won't ever question the goodness of our Father. Come on. Are you ready? It says in Revelation chapter 19 that the wife makes yourself ready for the groom. Amen. <laughs> and she has fruits of righteousness. Changing. Are you ready? New 
gives your life that you might live. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? I am the shelter from the storm. I am the rock on which you stand. I am the high tower in the flood. I Called you by name. Are you ready? The season's upon us. Are you ready? The south wind is coming. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? I am the shade from the heat. I am the manna that you eat. I am the blood that you drink. I am. Pick up your cross. Are you ready? Walk in the Spirit. Are you ready? Walk in love. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? I am the lion and the lamb. I am the truth and the way. I am the light and the life. I am Lord. I am.
Are you ready? 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 As we transition into the last song, I just want to um, share something that I had earlier and I didn't, but what Scott said just reminded me of it. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego did not bow down to the idol. And they didn't look in the fire and say, oh, it's okay. Jesus is there. We can, we can go through this. We can do it. They didn't see Jesus in the fire. They just did what was right. They just stepped into the fire because they had no other choice. They were not going to bow down to their flesh or to idolatry. But it was after they did what was right, after they stepped into the fire, that they found out Jesus was there. And the others around them found out Jesus was there. Nobody saw Jesus until they stepped into the fire. So don't wait to know, oh, Jesus, are you there? Is it going to be okay? No, you do what is right. You do what is right. You step into the fire. You do what you know God is calling you to do. And when you do what's right and you take that step of faith, you will find that Jesus is there in the fire. That's waving the white flag of surrender. They said we would rather die than do what's wrong. And they stepped into the fires. So some of you still need to make that decision. Maybe there's something going on right now you know you need to let go, or it's just a step of faith, and you don't see Jesus there, but you know this is what I'm supposed to do. I know that I know that I know. You will find Jesus there when you do it. Amen? Amen.